Hey gang, welcome to episode 62 of the No Persinium podcast, your guide to immersive entertainment. I'm your host, Noah Nelson, coming to you from Los Angeles, California. This week on the show, it's our spooky season spectacular. We've got the guys from My Haunt Life, Mike Fontaine and Russell Eaton. They're here to uh, share a little bit about their website, which covers uh, not only immersive theater, but it really focuses on haunts and escape rooms and all of that fun stuff. Uh, they're coming on board to share some of their best picks for the season here in L.A., and uh, it's going to be a grand old time. This is another episode we recorded at Think Tank in downtown Los Angeles in the Fashion District, and I want to give a big shout out to the Think Tank guys for continuing to be our gracious hosts and letting us use their podcast studio which has been built for as yet unrevealed circumstances. Um, hey, uh, let's get into the news and notes. Now, first off, I'm going to start with L.A. Uh, with some non-spooky season stuff. Uh, I'm doing that because, well, we're going to talk about a lot of spooky season stuff, but I also want to give a big shout-out to one of our readers. I want to give a shout-out to Alyssa, who um, sent me an email just last night with a whole bunch of stuff that, frankly, uh, I was probably going to miss because it isn't in the places that I usually uh, dig around in. Um, and that's important, right? This is a this is a if you see something, say something type community here. And uh, I rely upon all of your eyes to uh, give me the data as to what's going on out there. And then I'm, I'm merely the conduit through which it flows. All right. So um, we're going to talk about some stuff in LA. So this is off of, uh, this is off of Alyssa's list. So there's a piece called Captain of the Bible Trivia Team. And that is coming from uh, Rogue Machine, uh, which uh, they're, it's a site-specific piece that, or site-responsive, as we would say, uh, which they're per performing in churches in West L.A., North Hollywood, and here in Los Feliz. Um, I should really check it out. I hope to get a chance to wedge it into the schedule. It is spooky season, so it's, it's difficult. I am all over the place, and there are a lot of shows. Um, another piece that Alyssa pointed out is there's something called Hollywood Premiere Party, the show, which sounds like it's a, a, a hybrid... Um, uh, like party uh, with probably like a stage show thing going on. I, I got to tell you, my gut tells me this is maybe immersive in the sense that Great Comet is immersive and that it's like an environmental staging. Uh, there's only one way to find out, and and that would be to go. Uh, again, spooky season, might not be able to make it. If one of you does make it, anytime you see a show that advertises itself as immersive, and if it turns out that it's more of like the environmental staging, feel free to come tell me, particularly if it winds up being in the um, in the newsletter, uh, because we just, we just like to do a little bit of pruning, just a tiny bit of pruning. But I'm not saying it isn't, I'm just saying I don't know. You, you start to develop a sixth sense about this stuff, uh, you also start to get really wary you also may wind up seeing a perfectly excellent piece of theater. And on that note, something else that Alyssa sent me, but that I have actually seen, um, but isn't immersive, is Four Larks, The Temptation of St. Anthony. This is a great show. It is fantastic. Some of you may remember uh, one of their productions was one of the first things that we covered way back in the day. Um, and, you know, we won't necessarily go into all of that, but, you know, it was, it was one of those torn, it was one of our early I-word, you know, discussions. 
they heard too. So like it's that the I word discussion is a thing that happens, but let's not obscure a fact that a great piece of theater that moves you, that is intellectually engaging, that is gorgeous, that is sexy, that is stunningly well-designed, um, is just a good piece of theater that does all of those things and is something that I'm always looking for regardless. They're playing right now through September 11th in downtown Los Angeles. Uh, Four Larks, type that into your Google. You should really go see it. If you like movement-based theater, if you like stunning design, um, it's not immersive, but for the love of God, it is a gorgeous show. Another thing that Alyssa reminded me about uh, which I got a press invite to, but I'm probably not going to be able to go because the schedule's so crammed, uh, is another a new piece by the Shine On Collective, Devoted. This piece, um, it's functionally already sold out because they were only inviting people who were at the, the um, I think at, at Midsummer Scare is where they were harvesting people from. They got another piece coming in up in October. Check the spooky season issue out for that. Uh, definitely a troop worth watching. And uh, I, I wish I could go, but um, it's just, it's the calendar. It's the calendar. Hopefully some of you will go. If somebody wants to write about it, that'd be great. And maybe something will open up. It's always a chance. Hey, let's leave Los Angeles because we're going to talk so much about LA. Let's go up to San Francisco. Come Out and Play is coming up. And Albert called out a very specific show that's part of Come Out and Play, Ancient Regime. I probably said that wrong. I always say that wrong. Uh, this one is being put on by Epic Immersive. They've done a lot of work already up there. They're probably one of the most functional, most functional. Hey, it's early for me anyway. Uh, they're, they're, they're one of the most ambitious groups in the Bay Area working in what feels like true immersive. Uh, I'm, I've, I've met their, their head. He's a great guy. We had coffee. Great talk. I'm jealous of you all. It's the 25th, 3rd through the 25th of September. I'm going to just miss that. I'm going to be back down here. Can't be everywhere. Hopefully some of you will get a chance to see it in San Francisco. I will be up in San Francisco, up in the Bay Area, uh, to check out We Players, Romeo and Juliet, which I've mentioned about 15 times now. That's going to be up in Petaluma. I'll be there on the 17th. So if you're also there on the 17th, listen to the show. Feel free to come say hi. I have no idea what I'll be wearing. Uh, just listen for the sound of my voice. Chicago, the new Chicago issue just came out today, February, uh, February, Friday, September 2nd. Sometimes when you read things, um, top of the list in the new section, the memory tour, which is a, uh, walking show, uh, with, uh, phones and it's a memory play type, uh, scenario that's in there, uh, learning curve still playing. And this is, this is something exciting that's happening at the learning curve space on September 24th. Underneath the Stars, the Ellen Gate Star High School Senior Prom. Yes, they're they're doing a senior prom riff on Learning Curve as part of the run of the show. You just got to double down and make something that I can't see, and then and then and then uh, and then make something even more exciting that that I'm not going to be able to see. All right. Finally, uh, just a tappy in New York if you missed last week, uh, and you really shouldn't have missed last week. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Versailles 2016 is coming back, and there's also going to be a brand new issue uh, of uh, the newsletter, and I'll have more information uh, for you next week's show 
uh, with what Zay puts together this weekend for us. On that note, the LA, and I do believe the New York issues will come out this Saturday. The LA issue is going to be our spooky season spectacular. It is going to be chock full of things. There's also going to be stuff that the My Haunt Live guys talk about today that won't make it in the issue. So if you want a complete picture, you got to put it all together. It's like our own personal alternate reality game. I also want to say hi to everyone who's listening to the show for the second time because you came in to check out the Tension Experience episode. Uh, so if you're a new subscriber, hello, welcome. Uh, I, I hope you stick around. Uh, this episode's going to be very LA-specific. Uh, it's less theory, more uh, digging into what's going on. But let that serve to inspire you to come on out to LA for your spooky season needs. Because frankly, if you're into Halloween and you're not here, you are missing out in a big way. As you'll see from today's episode, we do it up and we do it up large. And because of jealousy reasons, I'm, I'm not even all that into Halloween relative to uh, other people because my birthday is like the week before and I was always fighting for attention when I was a kid for my birthday parties. I just had to give in and turn them into costume parties. Halloween won. Halloween beat me. It's like Halloween's my older, more popular brother. I think I'm, that's, that's going to become my Twitter profile. All right. Is there anything else that I need to say before we get into this episode? Um, we talk about some weird stuff because we're talking about Halloween, so we wind up talking about extreme haunts. So I'd advise, I, I cannot remember if, I, if we curse in this episode or not. I know, I feel really old by being, oh, we might use some bad words, but... I always imagine that there's a few of you out there who might just pop this in to your your car stereo or you might be listening to it at home when you've got kids running around. And I've just always been the person who uh, do you guys do you guys remember um, uh, Tiny Tunes and uh, the, the character of Foulmouth? He was like Foghorn Leghorn's nephew or something like that. And he just cursed a blue streak, but he couldn't curse around babies. I'm saying I'm foul mouth. I can't curse around babies. So um, I don't want to. So this is my warning to you. I think we might curse. We definitely talk about some weird stuff. So if you listen with the kids around, maybe this time, you know, save it for later uh, in your headphones or, or, or when you're by yourself. Um that's the news and notes. Uh, this was a great episode. Uh, this was a lot of fun hearing all the possibilities that are out there. We talk about all kinds of stuff. We also get sort of their their best of for the season to come. It's 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 mighty and long, and um, I was really punchy as you'll hear in about five seconds. So I'm not even gonna get into that. You're gonna about to get an explanation from me. So uh, I just want to apologize in advance. And on that note, <laughs> I'm always apologizing. I'm not actually sorry. All right, that's enough. Here we go. Here's the show. As I, as I just informed today's guests, who I probably told you is in the cold open, and they're going to get to their voices will come on in a second. Um, this was recorded. This is being recorded right after I just did an episode with the people from Unbound Productions. We are here in Think Tank's studio, uh, podcast studio, here in the the fashion district of downtown LA. It is Sunday when we're recording this. There, it, it, is, it is like something 
out of the best parts of Star Wars outside, and I'm really sad that I, I'm, I'm feeling a little chunky today, so I can't go buy a cheap suit. Uh, but and just like three for $199. But what this means, and from the rambling you're getting right now, yeah, guys, you got hour two or hour three now. Uh, is hosting the show today. This is going to be interesting because I'm well in my water cups already, and it's the beginning of an episode. So we'll <laughs> see if this one makes any sense by in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Sitting with me today are I'm Mike, and and I'm Russell, and you guys are from my haunt life. Awesome. For the untrained Philistines in the audience, uh, please, please uh, tell us what My Haunt Life is. And then I want to get into like who you guys are. All right. Uh, My Haunt Life is a website and podcast, and it is based around Russell and my life, pretty much. Uh, all the things we do, um, we're much like you, where we do tons of immersive theater, we do escape rooms, uh, we do haunts, uh, everything all year round. And... We got this idea for two reasons. One, whenever we would hang out after we did an event, we would talk for about an hour just about that one event, about things we liked, scenes we got, things like that. And we thought about it and we were like, well, we should do something with this because people listen to our conversations and they're not bored and they don't walk away and let's do something. (laughs) And then the second thing is a lot of reviews that we saw based on experiences that we went through at the same time, were very biased and we felt were not truthful. And the whole purpose of a review to us is to give an opinion of what you saw, what you thought, to give other people the same reasoning. Should I go or should I not go? So when we read things of things that we thought were horrible, we want, and it sounds like they didn't even go to the same show we did. And We realized there was a lot of uh, bro hugs when it comes to reviews and seeing things. Mm. And we wanted to tell the truth because it's only fair for people that aren't hooked up, that don't know the same people, like don't know the creators. They should get a fair shake and and get a fair review about how they're going to spend their money. We'll come come back around to that idea for a second because there's there's definitely something to be mined in in the realm of how reviews and criticism work. And so that's a, that's a yes. great, that's a great talking point. Absolutely. And, and can I break in for one second? Oh, sure. Bill, yeah. I challenge Mike's history of my haunt life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I challenge Mike's history. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> We've already got, they're going to argue guys, this is the last, my haunt life podcast. And it's not even on their own podcast. This is amazing. Welcome to Mike and my friendship. Um, no, uh, Friend in no. quotes. Oh, God. <laughs> Everything. Something about this room, y'all. Something about this room. <laughs> Something in the water. So, uh, no, everything that Mike said is true, except <laughs> it, it wasn't. It wasn't the fact of like we had this idea. Mm-hmm. It it sort of grew from Mike coming to me. Actually, he he sort of called me, and uh, I, I swear I think it was really late one night, if I remember correctly. And Mike called me and he said, like, wait a minute, what are we doing? And he sort of challenged me on everything that he just said of like we are so passionate about this we are such fans and we love this and we and the conversations that Mike mentioned about we would talk amongst ourselves and usually the people who did the room with us or did the haunt or did the immersive theater piece we would kind of hang out and talk afterwards but what he said is very true about uh, we would find other people asking for our recommendations because we were being honest yeah and Mike and I are optimists like we really want something 
to be good. We, yeah. Like, we really do. And, and it comes across in our podcast. And, and I've been approached a couple of times very specifically thanking me for, like, you always look on the bright side. It's yeah. like, you're like, even if you are criticizing something, and I think that's what Mike and I wanted to, to sort of put out there is, is, like, look, this didn't quite work. Yeah. But there is something here, like, go, play, have fun. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of my haunt life is based in, is, is our encouragement of, look, everybody has something that turns them on. Go find it. Yeah, there's de- and there's definitely something, I mean, I guess, yeah, we're just going to go into it. I love it. I love a good conversation. Um, there's, when I when I try and approach a piece, when I'm reviewing a piece, and, and, it can, and it can, it, what's interesting is, like, the most awkward, difficult time is as you start to know people, right? So, for instance, like the Speakeasy Society here in town, like they started as people whose shows I went to, and they've become people who are friends at the level almost being like family friends. So re- right now they're at the level of people I worship, right? Well, and, and for <laughs> but for me it's like how do I how do I write? And there's sometimes like at a certain level, like there's. In, in the in the theater theater world at the Hollywood Fringe, uh, one of the one of the, one of the regulars at Hollywood Fringe is a, a guy named Michael Shaw Fisher, who uh, is a lifelong friend. Like we went to college together. I've acted for him. He's acted for me. Yada 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 yada. I recuse myself from reviewing his shows, right? Because I'm just like, I will I will sit down and I will tell Mikey exactly what I think of his show in detail, even if it makes him cry almost cry but but that is no different from us sitting down and tearing apart a Christopher Nolan movie together which mm-hmm. we always do instantly it's no different from us discussing Game of Thrones or watching it together it's no different from the rest of our it's no different from when we traded novels and like gave each other notes right we provide that service for each other but in some ways I'm going to be m- probably meaner to Michael than I'm going to be to anyone else and that's actually the thing I worry about for myself right now is like it, you know, it is not a safe thing. Warning to all you immersive creators out there. If you want me to st- keep being nice in my reviews <laughs> to you and being like kind of like civil, don't become my friend because I will just get honester and honester. Honester and honester? <laughs> That's not even English. It is our forno somehow. It's warm in here. Is this water or vodka? Uh, it's water, but I'm feeling like it's vodka. Uh, I'll just get more honest and it, it, and then when it's time to publish, I'm like, uh, maybe I'm about to lose some friends. Click. Um, because I can't help but say what I see. And it's it's not coming out of... I, I like that you guys have this optimism take, right? Because it's, it's... It's very sincere. Yeah. And it's not... Because no one goes into a show... Well, I guess some people do, right? Because they're jealous. And like people who hate critics, they think that critics are just people who are jealous and who can't do it themselves. And it's like, well, maybe they've just got the voices in their heads that hate everything they make. And so that's part of the game. But really, you go in, and if you're doing it right, you're trying to understand what the people are trying Mm -hmm. to make. And you're praying to whatever dark god you worship. It is spooky season, after all. um, That you're going to see the best version of whatever they could come up with, you know? Like, whatever level they're working at, whether it's the indie level or a festival level or they've got a massive budget, that whatever level they're operating on, they're bringing their A game, whatever that is right now. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to watch a company develop if, if that's the way they're, they're behaving. 
Well, when Mike and I first started talking about this, and it was, you know, Mike was the first gelling of the idea came from him. And one of the things that he said to me was, I want to approach this from sort of a fan perspective, not from the idea that we're going to become reviewers, we're going to become critics. Mm -hmm. And I think we've maintained that. Definitely. And it's... It, it, it speaks to what you're saying. And yes, we because we go to every haunt convention, because we go to many pieces, I'm someone, uh, I, I'm a little bit more, I think, willing than Mike is sometimes to jump in and go multiple times. But that's my theater background that kicks in because I know that every performance of a play is different. Right. And those moments of live theater when something goes slightly different, sometimes slightly wrong. I mean, that's that's why you go to live theater. It's part of the experience. So, you know, we approaching it as fans of these genres first and foremost, I think helps. But yes, we, we've started to know some of the creators. Look, a, a couple of weeks ago, I was very critical of a show that Mike and I both had issues with. And so my reaction was the next show that they offered, I absolutely went immediately back. Mm. Yeah, Because I didn't feel that it would be fair for Mike or I to end with a negative experience. We had to give it another shot. So I went back the next week. I'm like, oh, okay, they're trying something different now. This is right. working better. Like this, And I and, you know, on the following podcast, we, we spoke positively about it. And I said, look, this is what worked for me this time. Yeah. Didn't work last time. So I think we're still successful at being honest. But it is, I understand the vibe that you're talking about, and you don't want to offend friends, but you also want to be honest, because we've gotten reaction from literally across the country. Across the globe. True. Like, you got, uh, <laughs> the woman who messaged you, Mike, was um, from where? From The UK? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, yeah. And um, yeah, so we've got, we've got a New Zealand listener who's actually come out and, like, seen shows out here. Wow. Which is like, whoa, you know. I mean, it's not, I mean look, these are people who are probably going to be traveling this way anyway. Right. Uh, but but if, you got the, if you got those yeah. ears on you, it's like you, I, in my opinion, and, and I, you know, I can't speak for Mike, but my opinion is we need to be fair. Yeah. For if they're if they're going to trust our judgment on anything, you know, and I do mention stuff that I've seen in New York and other cities, and, yeah. and we t- we touch on that even. Well, and there's definitely there's definitely people. I mean, to go to like the idea of like the bro hug, right? You know, like there's there's definitely like there's there's stuff I've seen where I and and the fringe actually is like kind of a great tool for that, right? Like the interesting thing about the fringe has you know kind of Yelp style reviews and like everyone's encouraged to like review shows and then you'll have people reviewing their friends' shows a la Yelp and they'll be supportive and they'll like they'll only see the the positive stuff and like they'll say, This is great, this is brilliant, this is wonderful and you know, maybe they've never seen anything like that before. And like that's the thing that gets to me is like I'll cause I'll go around and I'll I'll see like different types of this stuff and like first time I'll walk into something and it's like, oh, this is a lot like a this and this is here and it's like, well, they haven't solved this problem, and like maybe they're not aware of that problem, and like I don't know why they did that at all. And sometimes I'll wind up having like a reaction where I'm like, oh, this is like, what's weird can be like I'll see something and I'll be like, eh, it didn't really work for me, and then I'll see something that's way worse, and then suddenly like I'm like, you know, I was a little harsh on this, these other folks because this <laughs> other thing is way worse. If I could take it all back, I'd be like nicer. And for me, sometimes it's the the calibration of going from the different tiers of work, right? Like in my head I have, there's like student work, there's festival work, there's indie work, and then there's you know, 
triple A or blockbuster work, you know, for lack of a better term. And each of those, it's it's an entirely different sandbox and tool set. You, you're working with people who have different levels of ability, and it's the difference between their first time doing something. Um, and what can be weird is out in the wild, you, you someone pops up for the first time and you won't know where they're coming from. Like you have no idea. You know, I, I read a play the other day and I was like, that's not really reading like a play. And then I find out later, oh, that's the first play that person's ever written. They're not a playwright. They're a totally different thing. Oh, suddenly, suddenly, given that context, you're like, oh, this makes sense now. And you can start to see the things that are working in a different light. And instead of being like presented with something and you're like, what? how do professionals make something like that? And you feel like, oh, not a professional. Oh, okay. Like, then instantly you begin to see the gems. You know, you start to go, okay, here's their strengths. This is the strength of this person. And sometimes it takes going back in, mm-hmm. rereading, watching a show again. You know, the, the, in an immersive, the physical condition you're in. Like, for me, like, I, I went and saw the Speakeasy Society's Johnny, the shell. And the first time I saw it, uh, I was at the end of a grueling week. I had flown in from Cleveland. I had gotten up at basically midnight our time to get to the airport, and I saw that show starting at 8 o'clock at night. I was already shell-shocked. Right? I was in the kind of the right of my mind in a certain sense, but things didn't click for me the way they did. I came a week later. I saw a different track. I saw, I was able to see more, some, and still, some stuff worked more. I was like, oh, this, this sequence worked better than I thought, than this thing does, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and then an entirely different layer of it opened up for me. But that subjective state of being really comes into play. Uh, although it's also fun to like walk into a piece where you are, like the, the best experience I ever had in theater was Then She Fell the first time I saw it because I walked into that show I was exhausted I was I was uh, my feet hurt I didn't really know where I was I saw nearly a bar fight broke out I was in a part of New York I'd never been before and I was like I don't know if I'm getting out of here alive like this feels (laughs) sketchy as hell to me and it transported me completely Right, and that sort of experience, right? Like when when the work's doing that to you, then you know you got something special because it takes you out of your your normal state of being. I was lucky enough to walk into Then She Fell completely. I only knew the bare bones of what it was based on. Oh, nice! So I had no clue what I was walking into. Truly, I just knew it was like called immersive, <laughs> and it's a transformational piece. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I walked out like. A, literally a different person than when I walked in. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it, it, sometimes I feel silly that it, it's always coming up, but it always comes up. Like, yes. It has to. Um, how did you guys start off pre my haunt life going to this stuff and becoming friends and all that kind of jazz? I answered this weird Craigslist ad through um, <laughs> casual encounters. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I can believe anything at this point, man. Like you I'm, said, you'd never tell, Mike. I, I, I am, I'm gullible. So, like, no, we we actually met at the first scare LA and, oh, cool. as at, at a blackout fan meeting. Oh, cool! An unofficial blackout fan meeting. Nice. 
So you guys are both done like blackout at yes. that point. Okay. Yeah. How yeah. long how long ago did you do blackout? Like, it was 2012. Yeah, both of us uh, discovered blackout in the 2012 when they first came to Los Angeles, and that was sort of like the a, a greatest hits show where they did multiple scenes from other shows that they had done in other cities mm. and they came to Los Angeles and then at the Scarlet the following year um, they had announced on Facebook they were going to do a little like meet and greet of some fans and I knew almost everyone there and then this guy showed up hmm. and then what happened Mike? <laughs> oh this the, how I thought you were a jerk yeah that story yeah <laughs> so this is really funny and what they did is they the the one of the, the co-creators Josh Randall he was there because uh, he was on a panel about extreme haunts, and once he had everyone from Blackout uh, together, he said, "There's two people within thirty yards of this spot. Find them, come back to me, and repeat the phrase, and you get a free ticket to the to the next show." Oh wow! And so. We all dispersed. We ran. I found someone who was tied up and had a hood <laughs> over him and had duct tape over his mouth, behind, hidden outside behind one of the columns. And I got the phrase. I ran back. And I'd like to think that I'm polite sometimes. And this was one of those times. So when I went back inside, Josh was, was talking to someone. I didn't want to interrupt him. So I just waited, waited for him to finish his conversation. All of a sudden, Russell comes running up cuts right in front of me and it's like Josh blah 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 and I was like who the hell is this dude like what the hell man like and I would instantly thought he was he was a jerk and then all of history happens uh, but but can I give my perspective of that moment sure <laughs> because I did walk up and and Josh was talking to someone and then Josh turned around and I I don't know if Josh the creator the co-creator of Blackout I don't know if he didn't realize if Mike or I had like arrived at the same time or which one of us arrived first and I thought that Josh had already talked to Mike so I just like walked forward and stepped like and like that's kind of my memory of that moment and then like when Mike told me that later it's like oh my gosh I was such a huge jerk yeah <laughs> But the best part is he got the phrase wrong anyway, oh, I even though he went first. Oh, I, I completely choked. Yeah, completely choked in that moment. Oh, nice. And I got it. And you still got so, the tickets. Yeah, he got the free ticket. Even better. Even better. Oh, it worked out in the end in, in the best possible way. Yeah. You got and, to watch then, him fail. Exactly. And then, uh, and then he won. It's so. a great start to a friendship. Exactly. Yeah. I, I I had met a lot of the other like blackout fans and, and I just walked up to Mike like like who are you like you don't you know, and then later on in the the, the when they, there was a panel that um, uh, it covered extreme haunts and and we uh, we both attended that and then it's like we just ended up being in the same place at the same time and talking and a friendship started. And is that what the place where like people started like watching you guys talk and and that kind of dynamic began or that that started later on when you guys started going to haunts with other people or like hit up escape rooms or yeah something. that was definitely later on once we actually became friends and right. you know when you're when you're older it's tough to make friends and it's awkward so, i just pay people yeah oh. that works too damn you so, no i wish i wish <laughs> so i wonder if i had the money would i do that i don't know my don't kids know. me because i'm the older one <laughs> um but you know ha breaking that first uh seal i guess is the, the word i don't know I think I had too much water, um, but you know, it's like there's always that awkwardness of 
hey, do you want to hang out? Yeah. Do you want to go to this this show together? It, it's, you know? e- it's easier. It's easier in high school because it's just like, all, oh, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm not doing anything. This yeah. Oh, you coming to the house and like watching the movies? I'm like, okay, sure. Right, and yeah. and well, the the first thing that I think. And I and again, I think this shows up in in the My Haunt Life podcast is and when we write articles, quite often we will back and forth the article where he'll make a comment and then I will respond to his comments. Um, very early on, I realized that Mike was someone who had a darker side than a lot of the horror stuff that I had investigated myself. Even mm-hmm. though I have, I certainly have my dark side. Yeah, I have my dark, twisted, kinky, weird. You know, I, I have all a, of that. Mike's got a Day of the Dead uh, <laughs> shirt that that is that's that is a it's matchup Bob. shirt. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's Bob. Bob. It's Bob. Okay, yeah, yeah. There you go. So he's got that on. So, yeah, so, so I, I realized really earlier. Russell has a, just a adorable yeah. kind of dress shirt. So, <laughs> so I'm in work clothes mode. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but early on, I, I started asking my questions about, like, like, recommend something to me. like, And I realized that he knew, like, I have a different set of movie references than he does. Mm. Um and he started to like, oh, well, what about this show? And then he would email me stuff about, have you heard about this play? And quite often I had, quite often I hadn't. So what I think the two of us realized early on is that we brought to each other something different. Nice. And the fact that we were, we were, we had different tastes, we're aware of each other's, th- you know, common likes, but we were also aware of other stuff. You know, like for example, like you, you've mentioned Speakeasy Society. I'm the one who like talked Mike into going to Speakeasy Society. Like, trust me. Like you need to like experience something from these guys, and so we we challenge each other, we encourage each other. That that's part of the friendship. And I'm the friend who has effed up movie night and makes Russell cringe on my couch by watching the movies I pick. Yes, <laughs> he has nice. a really really dark dark dark. Did I say dark taste in films? Wow. Well, since we're since we're talking about dark taste and things, and this is coming out probably in early September. Uh, it's spooky season here in Los Angeles, and yes. that's ninety percent of the reason why I wanted to have you guys on today. Is what are the guys from my haunt life looking forward to in LA's annual? Um, I don't have a good alliteration. It was gonna be like orgy of something or other. And I was like <laughs> orgy of ostentation. There, frenzy, sure. Wait, frenzy of fright. Frenzy of fright. Oh. Yes, <laughs> it's it's a frenzy of fright. An orgy of ostentation. A season of spookiness. Mm-hmm. So, what what are you guys looking forward to? I think because you're going to be better at this than I am. Because like I'm, I'm 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 not the gorehound, and I haven't done the blackout. Because like people are like, oh, there's a sequence where you get waterboarded, and I'm like, I'm not getting no fans. I'm going to waterboard me. If I'm getting waterboarded, I'd better have done something. Uh, like reserving uh, that for world changing um... events. So, <laughs> having gone through that sequence of blackout, I, I think I. I... <laughs> So, and, and we should mention really quickly the Blackout Experiments, which is the documentary about patrons of Blackout. I'm actually yeah. in that, and you you do see a little bit of a sequence involving me in water. Oh wow! And yeah. you also see a sequence of a very small fuzzy part oh. where they blur out something. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, really? <laughs> oh wait a wow. second! Yeah. Oh Lord of mercy, Lord of mercy, yeah. No, that that well, Abel, Abel, you probably you probably know Abel. Oh, yes, Horvath. absolutely. Yeah, he's also in that film. Serial killer, so, speed dating. Exactly, exactly. Friend of the show. Um, yeah, like at some point I'll watch I'll watch the movie, and there will be two people that I know that are in it. So 
uh, being tortured. And Mike also has a bit of an appearance in there. Yeah, not anything like like you though. <laughs> Nothing blurred out. No. So, but uh, but if you're if you're looking for uh, if you're looking for recommendations, I, I, Mike, why don't you start? Well, I was gonna say that I think the thing that is number one probably on all of our lists now is I delusion. Know. Yes. Yeah. It wasn't here last year, and you know, no, especially for you, you know, you, you're not a gorehound, but having it be so immersive and yeah. it's I, so uh, i i'm so excited for it and this i'm really to come back. i guess the subtitle this year of delusion is delusion his crimson queen yeah which is such a it's such a weird eerie title in it's, itself it's all kind of like you get a little hit of lovecraft with some poe you know it feels a, a good vintage i mean i gotta imagine that they're sitting there chomping at the bit after a year of being gone, after the struggles of trying to find a location for the year round, um, which is a theme we keep coming back to in the past few episodes. Is just like how difficult this town can make it for people to find a location because of... I'm, the, I'm dealing with it as well because I work with Evil Twin Studios, which mm. is a haunt in Pasadena, and we're dark this year partially for that reason. Yeah. It's driving me batty here because... There's so much talent in Los Angeles for doing this kind of work. And there's so much idle space, like 90% of the year. And that space is not able to be activated because either the developer who holds it or the landlord who owns it just is waiting to like move in a permanent tenant or is looking for, like, I can get $50,000 in three days from a film shoot. And I don't want to turn that money down for $50,000 for you for a month. Oh, and it's also the footprint problem of you, you, if you're working with an immersive piece that is intricate and involves multiple rooms, you have to know your footprint well in advance. Yeah. Or at least it's extremely helpful. So if you're talking about you have to know this thing in June, you have to know your footprint or... Luckily, if you're February, you know your footprint. Yeah. And you can't go to a business in, or an empty space and say, I, I want to lease your space, but only from September through November. And they immediately go like, well, what about February through summer? What yeah. if somebody else comes in? And like, that's always the landlord problem. If if I had an unlimited source of money, I would just buy a few venues. Oh, yeah. And just like stuff that would be modular. And just like You're not the only person I've heard have that fantasy. Yeah. Well, we just got to look. We just pool our resources, buy a bunch <laughs> of lotto tickets. You know, it works in the Midwest, apparently. Uh, I mean, I'd be joking. Um, okay, so delusion. Absolutely. Delusion's top of the list. I agree All with right. Mike on that. I All think right. delusion is number one for me as well. Fantastic. I'm so excited. John Braver and his team never fail to deliver. Yeah, I've, I've yet to get a chance to see the show uh, at all and so I'm really really stoked oh really and yeah well you know like this is the thing is like it's funny like the I'm an October baby but so much of the literary stuff for like Halloween I love never been I've never been a haunted house person and then I didn't even find out until and alone is not a haunt really it's like it's a totally different thing but I didn't even know whether I had the fight or flight instinct. And it turns out I've got the fight instinct. <laughs> really? So when I go through, but like, I'm not gonna actually going to punch an actor. So instead, I just spend the entire time like 
shaking and it's not like shaking with rage it's just the instinct to like karate chop somebody because like you jump out at me I'm going to karate chop you so that's not a good instinct to have in a haunt no because <laughs> you've got to suppress it the entire time so instead of losing myself in a haunt and being like oh, oh boy I'm getting scared it's like I'm, I'm getting scared but I'm getting scared for these poor actors what's going to happen if I drop my guard for a second and my natural instinct to just judo throw someone comes over me like uh, it's just the way it is, right? You know, like I, I'm, I'm trained by the streets or some crap like that to just like, you know, oh, incoming threat, don't even think about it, just whoo, <laughs> and then it'll just be like, I'm sorry, you know, I really don't, I don't, I don't actually want, I don't, I don't want to hurt somebody, you know. So like, I think like a, a a haunt situation where you might like strap me down, like. Hannibal Lecter and wheeled me around an institution that could be awesome because then I could actually relax like well I'm, I'm restrained so like I can't hurt these people by accident like they're just gonna like you know burr in my face and I'm gonna be like oh no uh, you know please I'm helpless have you ever felt that Mike have you ever felt the the in the he's talking about fight or flight do you ever feel the fight thing coming no. up yeah you just give yourself over to it mm-hmm. right that, that's how I am as well it's like yeah. I I I, partially also I'm a film editor by trade so I'm, I'm I'm used to giving myself over to the story yeah so I am used to just thinking like okay like just input it's all input yeah and I scare very easily so <laughs> I, I enjoy that well I mean and I like I like uh, I love psychological horror right absolutely like, I love I mean Ringu like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get pretentious <sighs> it's like one of my favorite things ever and like we watched that sucker on VHS and the goddamn phone rang at the perfect moment. <laughs> it was like we're sitting there going, what? That's awesome. <gasps> right? You know, like we screamed. We screamed like children. It was that's, so good. And that's such a great example of a terrifying motion picture, and there's no violence in it. Yeah. It's uh, and yet it's utterly head. terrifying. It's just, it's just, uh, it's uh, absurd. So, like, I love, so all that kind of stuff I love. And, like, maybe, maybe, like, you know... I'll, I'll get used to it or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was really interesting, like, going through alone and being like, oh. And it was just a simple act. It was like someone, like, running up and, like, grabbing you. You know, like, run, I'm going to run up and grab you. Like, I'm jump out from something. And it's just, it's just a twitch. You know, it's just like, and everyone gets, and, and that's the thing. It's like, it's a real simple thing. Like, some people get a, oh, and some people get a, uh. And it turns out I'm an, uh. And mm-hmm. because I've been an actor and because I've been a director and and I've I've been in scenes with folks, like I know that okay, there's a there's a mindset you have to go into to like suppress that, right? Because it's like, oh, it's only make believe. Um, you know, and and when you're working blocking, if you know a fight sequence, it's really easy. It's like you just that's what you lie back into, right? You trust you trust you can go and do this like hyper violent action mm-hmm. in like a fight. Because you know where you're supposed to go. I used to do like fight choreography, like in, for theater when I was in college. It'd be like, okay, this, 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 and like you go slow. You work it like a. I keep hitting the microphone. You go slow. You work it like a kata, and then uh, you get to pick up the speed, pick up the speed, pick up the speed to where it's like a blur, and everyone's like, oh my god, that looks so dangerous. And it's like it's not dangerous. We know how to do this backwards and forwards, literally, and so you don't have to think about it, but you know every single step of the way, mm-hmm. right? Unfortunately, if there's a surprise. Well, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I I have been, um, because I, I am an easy get for jump scares, <laughs> I, I haven't... <laughs> Mike is laughing. That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> Mike and I have gone through haunts together, and I think Mike gets very amused by my reactions. 
Um, but I have had the situation where, uh, in an immersive piece where they were allowed to touch me, where it was, mi- I like, I did have a jump reaction and they mm. did misunderstand oh. and they had this moment of like, don't resist. It was like, oh, I wasn't resisting actually. Uh. So that was just, it was just a physical reaction yeah. and it was like, and it was, it took a second of clarification, but it did happen. Yeah. And so I, I know what you're referring to. Yeah. What's funny is like, uh, outside of... Outside of like the jump scare, you know, I another immersive piece, another kind of immersive piece where there's a one-on-one, you know, like you might have to dance with someone, you might be like entrusted to do something, like no problem whatsoever, right? It's just like the, I think you will enjoy delusion. Yeah, yeah, no, I really do. I think I, I got I got a sense I got a sense I'm gonna enjoy the hell out of delusion. All right, we've wrung the juice in delusion there. What else are we looking forward to? What's what's up on the list um uh, there's a lot actually um i really am looking forward to creep la this year yes mm. same here uh just simply because last year their visuals were so fascinating and story-wise last year uh, um i thought they were a little muddled mm. but they were so strong visually and the rooms that that uh, like it's a minor criticism because right. the rooms were so strong, the individual scenes were so strong, so fascinating visually, um, and everything that they are leading up to this year, the visuals they presented, they did have a little mini haunt walkthrough, which was very clever and very evocative of sort of a voyeuristic experience, focusing on very dark themes, which happened at Scare Los Angeles, Scare LA, and uh, I'm just excited to see where they go, and they're promising a longer excursion through the dark this year Mm. so they are one that i think are definitely uh, i'm looking forward to them i think they're a a group to watch in future years and this this will only be their second year yeah yeah creep i know creep was one of the companies that popped up last year and with creep are you going through solo or is it a is a small group it was a group thing for us last year but it was a small group but there could have been a place where you may or may not have been separated that's true maybe Mm. perhaps possibly we don't. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> or does nice. he? Oh boy. Oh boy. But I think creep is a good. It's it's that perfect balance of immersion and haunt, mm. like put together. And on one of the panels at, at Midsummer Scream or Scare LA, um, the one of the the creator Justin, he said he comes from a theatrical background. Yeah. And after hearing him speak, you can totally see it in the show. Yeah. And it it it, it just it just works so well. And also, um, go ahead. Oh no, I was just saying it was one of the interesting things. Like, like the blackout folks come from a theater background too, True. right? Like theater is informing so much of this. Russell, go ahead. Uh, and also the the whole storyline, which if you go to the Creep LA website, they basically state that their their theme this year, their story this year that they're exploring is uh, an artist who through his very dark dark uh, paintings or art or whatever uh, perhaps unleashed something onto this world and he disappeared so they say like you're going to enter the mind of a twisted artist so the visual potential of Creep LA this year is just off the charts yeah and there's and what's exciting about that conceit is there are so many great visual artists here in Los Angeles absolutely I mean we, the, and already, check their Instagram. They're already putting out really fascinating visuals. When is Creep due to hit? Like, are they dropping mid-September? Or Mid-September. Like, okay, yeah. mid-September. So. And tickets are already on sale for them. Okay, gotta, I gotta make sure. I and tickets that. are also already on sale for Delusion as yes. well. Yes, yeah, the Delusion tickets went on sale. Creep, 
creeps I missed on the last the the the, the spooky season newsletter like the the one we just the, the, when we're recording this the twenty second I think of August. Uh, maybe the 21st, at least track of days, on that Sunday. And uh, we just put the newsletter out the the late August, early September. And almost nothing's happening in August right now. It's like these last two weeks, is like it's almost totally dead. Like Heidi Duckler Dance Theater has, a, has like a one-night thing on the 25th. And, and you know, it's a, 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 a site-specific dance piece. And then it's just like, doot. And it's all because everyone's dark before the storm. Mm-hmm. And it is just coming and just like battening down the hatches so what so we've got delusion we've got creep what else is what are what's else are you looking forward to um motel six feet under uh this is this is another one that is only in its second year and last year this was one of our favorite haunts it's basically your old school traditional haunted house oh nice but there's so many fun tricks that they do inside that make it excel and go above and beyond what you think of a traditional haunted house where does this take place this is in anaheim it's actually near disneyland oh fun is it it's not at a motel six or, no no okay okay <laughs> because for, i was having a vision for a second I was like oh man you could take over a motel and like and, and one of the strengths of motel six feet under is they really do harken back to uh, traditional haunts and they actually the, one of the things that they say is we're chainsaw free so it, it's, it's chainsaw free since 93 yeah it's of the <laughs> it's it's more about the cleverness of the rooms and you know they do some very clever gags there's a lot of motion sensor stuff that gets triggered as you're going through rooms there's a lot of it's not that they were heavy popula- heavily, heavily populated with actors last year but they were very well placed they were very well used it's an exploration Nice. You know, it's it. I I think that's what I loved about it so much was we just had such a great time going through and exploring the little landscapes that they created and and definitely I, I think Mike is right. I, I think it's one of I'm looking forward to that as well immensely. Oh, that's, and that's fun. It, it's in Anaheim. I, yeah. I know I mentioned that, but for people that tend not to leave L.A go to this you yeah. will not be disappointed we that that's how we have to tell our other la friends like trust me it's worth it it's worth the drive go i keep thinking like the, it's, it's only recently just because of because of what like what crossroads uh mm-hmm. the escape rooms down there mm-hmm. the the hex room it's got such good notices it's wonderful and, and and i just keep thinking that like well maybe there's something to the stuff happening outside of LA in terms of like the the future home of immersive in the Southland because it maybe won't face the same kind of problems that we have here uh, in terms of land. Uh, so there's there's some freedom out there in the in the suburbs to just start doing some of this stuff and attracting. And it's you know there was this weird guy named Walt Disney who had that idea. It seemed to seemed to work out pretty okay for him uh, building stuff in Anaheim. Um, it, it, I was born in Orange County, uh, so like it often warms my heart that like cool things can happen there. I mean, I did not grow up in Orange County for the most part, but I always said, "Wow, something cool happening there." That's fantastic. <laughs> something cool and and like yeah. not well weird, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, okay, so we've got delusion at the top of the list. We've got we've got creep. We've got motel six feet under. Uh, what else are we looking at? What else? I'm like pricking your guys' brain here. Um, actually, I think in, inside the haunt community, something that is exciting a lot of people is Sinister Point. 
has announced that they are coming back with a full-on haunt experience. Oh, wow. They've been doing a lot of really cool experimental stuff along yeah. the way to, to mixed results, to be totally honest. Yeah, some of it has turned out great. Yeah. Some of it has turned out okay and interesting. That seance thing sounded really cool. I didn't find out about it until like after oh, really? it was done. And, and what's interesting is like, there's like actors who were involved in that, who were involved in like immersive pieces yes, here in LA are. and, and those sort of chains. And I was actually really annoyed that like one of those people, like they didn't tell me it's because I was like, Oh, we could have put that in the freaking newsletter. <laughs> right. You know? And that's sort of the funny thing is like to this day, like it's still a matter of like mining, you know, like mining the, the brown paper tickets and all this other sort of yep. stuff and just trying for word and mouth and like you can you can not find out till oh it was the last weekend or something and I just saw it and I was like and I would have gone I would have gone in a heartbeat to that seance thing it was very enjoyable yeah. it's like they 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 um, reworked it after the first few nights they, mm-hmm. they 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 kind of amped up the experience a bit and it, and I saw both versions and and when they finally settled on what it was it was really really enjoyable and then it was over so <laughs> uh, and but but I think you raise a very valid point. And it's something that Mike and I encourage on my haunt life is you're right. You know, go to brown paper tickets, go to, you have to do the search, search Groupon, you know, living social, like search all of these things and you will find the occasional weird play. Like last year, you know, we went and there was a new version of Dracula that we went and saw. There was like, which the only reason we found it is because of what you just said. Like we just went online and went, Let's look up spooky LA haunted house LA. Let's look up creepy stuff. Let's like, and you just you start to find stuff. And Mike and I always encourage our friends like, just go and explore and play. There's stuff out there to be found. And but what's on the flip side, what's frustrating is that you get these people who are producing this stuff, and you know, no pro exists to try and help them find an audience. You guys are going to things and, and, and reviewing them. Uh, still from a fan perspective, but like still reviewing them. And half the time, these folks don't seem to know that this tier of media exists for this stuff. And they're always trying to get like, oh, we want to get in the LA Times or New York. It's like, oh, we want to get the New York Times. And like, that's that's all well and good. But like the hardcore fans of this stuff, the people who who will look at a review, good or bad, and say, well, I'm going to go find out for myself, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, I know just as much as those guys do, because they do, and because they, they, they'll go to something and like, oh, I saw the thing you loved, I hated it. Or like, oh, you know, Absolutely. You know like, I saw the thing you hated, I loved it, right? Like, it's great, you know? Like, there's a diversity of opinion. You know, stuff is hitting people on, on, in different ways. Some days are different than others, right? Every single thing about this stuff, because the theater rule of like that's it was a bad the beauty night. of live events. Yeah, you know, like all that stuff plays in, and uh, if if they if when it just drives me nuts, like they'll they'll discover us all after the fact. It's like, oh, I wish I knew about you guys, and like <laughs> we're trying really hard, right? Like, why aren't the PR people like doing a better job? And then some of them don't have. But Sinister Point is, what are they doing? Like, yeah, that, that, was, that was circuitous, right? Sorry about that. So what are they doing? What's, what's um, up? Uh, Mike, help me with this. They're doing... Uh, they're four. Four different paths. Four different paths in one experience. It's called Fear the Mark. Mm. In each nope. path, you get a different brand. Oh. Which literally a different demon. Oh, you are goodness. branded. What is Sinister Point? Because, like, I, I know it's like a there's a permanent installation in, what, Buena Park or something? or Brea. In Brea. Mm-hmm. In Brea, uh oh, 
Yeah, I don't know about Britain. No, kidding. Uh, <laughs> the mall. There was a mall. Send those protest emails to... No, the Brea Mall The Brea Mall was my home mall when I was a little kid. So, no, I have nothing but good memories of Brea. That's why I, that's, I saw Star Wars for the first time in Brea. So how can I not like Brea? I love Brea. <laughs> I'm not being facetious, really. Dude. No, no, it's good memories. Okay, so there's your point. So what is what is this thing? It's like, it's an installation, a museum? I don't... Well, there's... Okay, so Sinister Point as a company... They have done haunts since, I don't even know, uh, years. When I moved to California, uh, I went to something they did in, I think it was the Brea Mall parking lot. Mm. And they had the license for Saw. And they did a haunted house around Saw. And then I think the next year was Silent Hill. And they did all of these things in a parking lot. And then they just worked their way up. And I believe, uh, and Russell, you can speak better to this than I can, but I believe that they can be hired to design and create other pieces and haunts for other clients as well and i think that's why they haven't been around the last haunt season or so yeah earlier this year i know jeff uh who's the main guy behind sinister point uh i had a conversation with him at one of the events that i went to and he said he had been out of the country working on a haunt for a company elsewhere and so yeah he you know they are asked to design and help create events elsewhere this year they're coming back with their own event and as mike described it's uh, apparently four separate paths in the same event and tickets have just gone on sale for Sinister Point, and you will have the opportunity to go through all four paths if you wish. Nice. Nice. Unless you're too scared to. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds, that sounds ghoulishly delightful. Um, one, yo, God, yeah, we've been at this for a while. Uh, I could do this all day, apparently. Uh, one more, one more for posterity, and then we'll, we'll, we'll seal the vault until next year. I have like five more listed. Okay, well, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be a I'm just looking like like we started the recording like 50 odd minutes ago, but like we've done we've done longer shows. So like if you guys are if you if you guys are game, I, I've got like a little bit of water left, and it is water. It is actually water. You'll be sorry uh, you said that because you get us talking about haunts and we'll just go all night. Hey, if you guys want to, feel free. Uh, so, Break it down into two parts. I don't care. You know. So my one of my things that I'm looking forward to, and I don't think this gets enough credit, is the home haunt community in Los Angeles. Some of the home haunts are better than professional haunts that we pay $30 to go through and they're free or, you know, $3 a donation, you know, things like that. And I don't know if they're going to be back this year, but Sherwood Scare, Mm. um, Big Worm Sherwood Scare in Northridge uh, two years ago, incredible. It, the fact that this is done in someone's yard, it's mind-blowing. And then you have people like Rotten Apple, 907 in Burbank, and the Backwoods Maze also in Burbank, and the Clown House in Torrance, the Haunted Shack in Torrance. Like, they're doing things that big professional haunts don't. And it's just, it takes it back to just the creativity and the fun you have. Like, last year I went through the Haunted Shack, and they had a boot cam. So they had a little monitor set up in the yard with inf- the infrared cameras were inside the haunt. You press a button and it shot air at someone going through or it made a noise and you could see them get scared and spooked like <laughs> while you're waiting in line. It was just so clever oh and so God, creative. That's and That's like that's like at Disneyland, like you get the button that like pushes the water to like squirt people inside yeah. like mm-hmm. the, 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 the river rapid thing over at California. That's fantastic. Yeah, like, so torture other people. Yes, yes. <laughs> And so, yeah, that's that's one thing, and I know it's it's multiple things, but 
please check out the home haunts that people are doing. Like these people are giving up pretty much their Octobers just to create this for people to go through and it, it deserves some attention, I think. Actually, it was one of the, you were talking about our friendship earlier. One of the fr- things that drew me to Mike is, Mike is an extremely creative person. And he had talked about that he had done some home haunting in the past. And it was one of the earliest conversations we had. It was like, wait, I've never done that. Mm-hmm. And he was surprised, like, you know, the horror fiend, geek, nerd that I am, that I'd never experimented with that. And yet, you know, he, he's done it himself. And so one of our earliest conversations was about his home on experiences in the past. And he's right. This, this community is so rich with really fun, creative home haunts. Nice. It, it's just it's worth checking out and worth worth investigating. Fantastic. And and one more thing, um, you know, I mentioned the the, the quality of, of how they are, and a lot of it is because, especially in Burbank, North Hollywood, that area, is like, oh, my brother works for this studio, my sister in law works for this studio. So you have studio caliber effects and props and build builds, and they're all there. Yeah. No, which is which is brilliant. Right, and that's and that gets back to the idea. Like, there's so much talent here in Los Angeles that even stuff down at people's houses can be freaking amazing. Um, all right, what else? What else? Is? You've got you've got your big five, five more things <laughs> on your list. Well, actually, you you've mentioned one already. You brought up Wicked Lit and Unbound Productions. Yes, yeah. yeah, which Who, is certainly not really haunt oriented. But I mean, this year, I'm I, the reason I'm excited for them this year is because they're doing an adaptation of H.P. Lovecraft from Beyond. Yes, which I'm really really curious about. Yeah. So, given you know, the way they were talking about it on the show, uh, I, I feel like they've. They, they understand the scope of that piece and what they want to do with it. So that that sounds really that's very cool. Yeah. And you know that that takes place actually at the uh, Mountain View uh, Mausoleum and Cemetery, and it's such a great location. And it is an immersive piece where you walk through all the time. It, uh, all of their warnings say, "Whatever you do, wear comfortable shoes," and they are not joking. Yeah, um, they're worth checking out every year. Not exactly. It, it that's one of those pieces that I know friends who just don't get into Wicked Lit. Yeah, because they find it a little too theatrical vibe and feel. But it's my haunt friends who who like they want more of a haunt experience. I'm like, no, no, no. This is just as valid. This is just as fun. Yeah, just go and let yourself like be led around and and have these scenes play out around you. Yeah. and it's such a cool location for have, a show. Have you heard what the frame is yet this year? No, I have not. Uh, they they mentioned it on the show last week, uh, but this will be fun because like uh, last week when recording, but this was like an hour ago. So I'll, I get to tell you, it's uh, it's. Um, uh, because it's it's the it's the Mountain View Mausoleum and Cemetery, so it's it's Camp Mountain View, so it's a camp themed one, and the idea is that like you're there for talent show night. Oh, that's awesome! And so the campers are are putting on these shows for you. That's rad. The concept. Like, they wrap around. Uh, was it last year that they did Doctor Tar? And Professor Feather, I've possibly. Yeah, and like that was one of my favorite wraparounds I did because it's a personal favorite story of mine. Yeah, the wrap they they usually have very fun wraparound experiences. Yeah, yeah. it sounds it sounds like they're really designing and, and finding a nice groove in in, in that sort of stuff. And Which for those of you who may not be unfamiliar with Wicked Lit, it's usually three stories yeah. with a wraparound story that you kind of get immersed in, and then they lead portions of the audience away, and the shows rotate three times per night, and so you get each show yeah. but at different times yeah. Yeah. so it's, it's a great structure and, and get your tickets early because quite often they have full nights that sell out very quickly yeah no they do and they, they've got a seven week run this time uh, which is pretty much like the I mean, like as long of a run as they can manage to do uh, and it's uh, 
because this, this is demanding work. All right, what else have we got on the list? Can I leave LA again? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. You can always the show's everywhere. So like, if you got if there's if that's something for people who are like in Orlando or something like that, like go for it. Okay. So I guess LA Junior, LA Number Two, Las Vegas. Ah, Vegas. Um, yes. Freakling Brothers Trilogy of Terror. This is something that anybody who asks me what they should be doing, I always say, commit a weekend and go to Vegas and see their haunts. They're so, ah, ah. I just, I smile just thinking about it. What is it it about them? I think it, what we said about Motel Six Feet Under, I think it's a very similar vibe. It's very traditional, old school. It's like their haunts remind me of going through a haunted house at a fair where you're on the cart and you're going through like you're not it, it's a walkthrough right. but it has that same type of vibe there's just old school techniques old school tricks that are so well done that they will get you every time nice and they also have they have three mazes on site and one of them is is an extreme maze and it's the first r-rated haunt in las vegas and that's called gates of hell and Gates of Hell is also... How could possibly be R-rated in Vegas? <laughs> exactly. What, what could possibly be going on? So <laughs> and the Gates of Hell, I don't know if you've ever heard about the victim experience, but the victim experience happens in Gates of Hell, and the victim experience is not happening this year. Thank goodness. What is What was the victim experience? The victim, ex- the victim experience is a very, very extreme simulation, I guess you could say. Uh, you go in one at a time. It's only five people per night, mm. and it's after the after everything closes, and they basically take gates of hell, ramp it up to a thirty, and then send you through. And it's it, uh, it's physically <laughs> almost an endurance challenge. However, it's story based, so you go through this experience as an extreme haunt with a lot of physical challenges that you have to be put through, but it is based on a story. And when you get to the very, very end, if you do not call the safe word before the very end, you actually do meet this character that sort of ties all of these brutal experiences that you've survived together. Hmm. Well, I I know something that Juliet Bennett Ryla will be excited (laughs) uh, to maybe get to go do one day. As Uh, Mike said, unfortunately, (laughs) they are taking a year off. It's an extreme event. Yeah. But Gates of Hell, which is their R-rated maze, does offer some very, very, very challenging scare moments, and they use some very interesting tactics to get you there. All right, then. I'll uh, maybe ask uh, after the show's over, well, what the hell it is we're talking about. <laughs> I'm trying to keep the mystery alive. Yeah, well, don't worry. You can spoil it for me later, because I know I ain't putting myself through that. Oh, um, uh, but also, Mike, uh, the other two haunts that we always recommend in Vegas... Yeah, go for it. I was going to let you do that. Not polite to point, Russell. (laughs) (laughs) um, Which is actually something which Mike turned me on to. And uh, I, because I, when I work during the Halloween season, it's hard for me to get to Vegas. Uh, Sometimes it it just, it it just is. is. And so. So close, but so far. I had been hearing about something called Asylum and the Hotel Fear Haunted House Hmm. in Vegas. And Mike came back a couple years ago and just said, dude, you have to do these. They're amazing. And that year when I went to Vegas, the one night I was able to get off my job and go to Vegas 
they were closed because the entire staff and crew of Asylum and Hotel Fear were at Freakling Brothers Trilogy of Terror. <laughs> so, so I met uh, the entire cast and crew of the Asylum and the Hotel Fear Haunted House because they were going through Freakling. It was their one night dark. Oh, so I came back last year and did Asylum and Hotel Fear. And wow, it's just this wonderful, again, kind of a traditional vibe to yeah. it. But the scares are so well designed and so much fun and there's so much love and craft in the environments in those two haunts and you know in in the the asylum there there was there's a couple rooms where they really really did some terrifying scares and you would just not expect it because it's another like with freakling brothers um they take place basically in a parking lot it's like they, they have a very small footprint they build in trailers, which is awesome, and and so like they're very compact. Right. But they they pack a lot of scares into the the small haunts. Absolutely worth going to. Hotel uh, Hotel Fear Haunted House and Asylum are, I think, larger footprints, but they have the same thing going for them. And great production design, really clever scares. Um, there was one room in particular where you could actually get lost for quite a while mm. inside. Um, the asylum and I actually stood I, I met the the creators of the haunt afterwards and we were talking um, about haunts in general in Vegas uh, last year and I actually witnessed parties lose people like that you would see five people go in three people would come out and then 10 minutes later two the other two people from the group of five would come out and like we couldn't find our way out of this one area and it's such a great area because you can literally just get lost and you meet these characters inside this very creepy room the productions the designs are great the scares are great it's really worth checking out yeah go to vegas it is worth it to and and also we should also recommend because mike and i are very much about doing as much as possible you can do asylum and Hotel Fear Haunted House and the Freakling Brothers all in one night. You just have to you know, like go to one and then like plot out your time a little bit and go to the other one. But you can do them both in the same night. Okay. And one thing I want to mention about Hotel Fear and Asylum is that, and this isn't a spoiler because as soon as you get in line, you'll see. But in both mazes, at the end, someone with a chainsaw chases you out. Now, first of all, watching people run out and through the parking lot and not stopping and running basically to the mall, it's in a mall parking lot, is one of the most incredible scenes you will ever see. And when you're going through and you know, you know that guy is there, but it doesn't matter because as soon as you turn the corner and you you hear the you book for your life out that that door. Oh, they're pointing. There's notes. They're pointing. <laughs> I'm like, John. I don't know. I can't read your writing. Oh, okay. Uh, edit well, that part out. <laughs> no, I'll leave it. I'll leave it. I'll leave it. So, because I was just comparing notes with Mike, of like, okay, what else? Or like, um, something which is also uh, kind of an LA standard favorite is the LA Haunted Hayride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which they are um, the. To me, years it's interesting. At this point, it's like year seventeen. Yeah, yeah. but uh, this year they're they're calling it Secret Society. And they are claiming that you will have different paths based on whether you are the elite society members or the deranged society members. And they're also promising this year that perhaps you will not only have to do the hayride, but at some point you will have to leave 
the vehicle and actually experience portions of the hayride on foot as part of the main hayride experience, oh, wow. which I don't think they've ever experimented with before. No, so if, if they're working on that, that's going to be interesting to see how they work that as to part of the story. And yeah. So I'm really looking forward to it. And their mazes uh, you know, have been a little hit and miss in the last couple of years, but the mazes are fun. The mazes that they have, you know, while you're like, if you, if you want to spend some time elsewhere other than on the hayride, they always have shows. They always have usually um, tarot cards, readers, uh, psychics. They have lots of things going on. And so the LA Haunted Hayride, almost, I, I think, Mike, you told me last year, it's, it's like going to a fair. Yeah. Yeah. It has that vibe, definitely. Yeah. And it's and totally mean that in a positive way. So uh, LA Haunted Hayride is something else that's going on. Um, you know, you mentioned Speakeasy Society earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I know they are planning another show by the end of the year, but they did The Hollow last year, but I don't know if they have an intention of having anything for the haunt season or are they going to be later in the year? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they've got something going on for for haunt season this year. Um, I think something might get booked. I think the hollow wasn't even announced at this point uh, last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, like, I know they haven't told me anything. So it's not one of those things where it's like, I know, but I can't say. Like, literally, I, I don't know. I know this just talking to them today so well i at, yeah. at um johnny the shell which is the speakeasy society show which we we all of us yeah. both uh, we've all attended recently um uh, speaking afterwards uh, they just made mention of yeah we'd like to do something else this year but we're not sure yet yeah yeah so you know but speakeasy society is something to keep an eye on yeah period just because oh, in general right. yeah i think i think there might be there might be a small thing that happens uh in october uh it's a possibility but we'll see about that uh, you've also already mentioned Alone, right. which is something else, which uh, I don't think they've announced anything specifically for Haunt Season yet. Have they? They haven't. Not that I know. Yeah. So, so and, and sometimes they don't do direct Haunt Season. Sometimes they're, they're around the Haunt Season. Yeah. So that's someone else that has really interesting, immersive experiences that yeah. to keep an eye on. I've been, I've been keeping tabs to see if something pops up. And like I, I know that uh, they, haven't, they haven't announced anything yet. I think they're working on things, but... Um, you also mentioned Screenshot Productions. Yep. They have two shows during right. the haunt season this year. Bart, the Rope. Yeah, The Rope, which is in October, and then Bardo Thodol, which will start up in the in September. So there's like one show in September and one show in October, and like the October one's the horror-themed, mm-hmm. uh, and Bardo's going to probably be more one of their like sort of like weird experiences which I like really really just I'm signed up for Bardo like on like the first week yeah I'm um, really uh, I, I've signed up for that I think have you Mike yeah yeah it's a, and we're looking at the uh, trying to figure out the schedule for the October one yeah that's that's something that they do where the the like the, the idea there with the rope is like there's two booking periods and you tell them when you can't make it within the that period and then they will like start up the process and on one hand, it's such an awesome idea to be like, this thing's coming and I don't know when it's going to come and mm-hmm. intersect with my life. On the other hand, if you're like us yes. and you have... It's problematic. Yeah. You have like 30 shows and you're like, I can give you a very definite window of, you know, from 5 o'clock in the evening on the 3rd right. to, you know, 6 p.m. on the evening of the 3rd. And that's when you can have me. You know, like that's... that's how it gets to be in October. Did you go to Scare LA and do their teaser I did for the not, rope? I didn't go. I didn't know I'm going either to Scare or Midsummer. Like I got, 
I was I was just fried. I went to I went to a different immersive horror experience uh, that month. Um, the uh, the teaser that they did in Midsummer Scream in particular, um, I just thought was amazing. Yeah, I got I got I, I love those kids. I mean, I, I I absolutely love them to love them to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they Nicholas and Megan are up in the Bay Area now. Mm-hmm. So like I'm curious as to like I hope to see them like start spawning stuff there. Uh, but they definitely have like a full slate of material for us right now. And right. Decided that they decided to keep a hand going because I think a lot of their performers are are down here. But it'll be fun to see if we can get like a, a stuff going on in both cities, or like they decide to like restage something they've already done uh, up in the Bay Area at some point and get to expose all those folks. And that's right. that's one of the interesting things about this is like you know, particularly in LA, so much of the stuff is happening here. But this idea that some of this stuff could be going on in other places could be exported, you know, like, like you could maybe put delusion up on the road. I, I know that Unbound Productions, like in the show we did there, they they have a rights agency that has their plays, and they're looking to try and get people to do Wicked Lit in other cities, you know, like encourage people like stage them. Elsewhere. That that would be awesome. And yeah. my my attitude toward immersive stuff in Los Angeles is I think this year in particular like Los Angeles has come into its own. Yeah. Like with particularly like this is the wilderness and the day shall declare it. Yeah. Um with what the Speakeasy Society just did, that Johnny the Shell show was so ambitious. Yeah. And I I went through it three times. Oh wow. And literally only had one repeated scene. Oh wow. I went through a show three times and got a different program each time with only one scene I saw twice. Which and I believe did you see twice. Uh, it was the author sequence discussing the writing of his novel and the daughter was proofreading. I never got that sequence. You know, enough. Um, I did get a couple of sequences more than once, but uh, and the two times I saw it, but I never got yeah, it just it yeah. it worked out that that you know and and the and it that was a show that got darker each time yeah. and the third time uh, there was a sequence which literally reduced me to tears. Yeah, they also do they do a really good job of, um, and I've seen this. I, I, it's something they do for more than just us, like our mm-hmm. type of person. Like if they know you're coming back. I think they make an effort to like make sure you get on another track. And well, yeah, that's like really. That's well, they did like that ours. for you, Mike. Yeah, yeah, I had I had emailed them when I was the day before or the day of when I got the email with directions, and I told them like this is my second deployment. You know, do I need to do anything? Yeah. And they wrote me back so quick, and yeah. they just asked me, "What do you remember from your first deployment?" Which is obviously, if you went through the show, you know that's part of. That same character, which yeah. is awesome to me, which yeah. is great. Like, yeah. in, in case anyone listening didn't catch that, Mike wrote them in character because in this particular show, you are the character of Johnny. Yeah. So Mike wrote them in character Christ. as Johnny, and they answered in character as yeah. command. Yeah. And I did the same thing, and they had the same reaction, you know, that they gave to Mike, and they did put me on a different track at the beginning of each show. That's beautiful. So it did steer me to make sure that I got new new scenes every time I went through so yeah it's like I, I speak very highly of them but I really do believe that with delusion you know with things like creep even though yes creep is is in the haunt season theatrically we are in a time in Los Angeles when this is getting more creative and this is getting more interesting and there's more things yeah. to explore yeah the more work there is and the more people are cross-pollinating and and seeing each other's work the more 
the, the more inspired people are getting, the more they're playing off of each other. There's all these different avenues to like run down. And, you know, the haunts can steal from the immersive theater and the immersive theater mm-hmm. can steal from the haunts and still maintain the integrity of like the genre that they're in. Uh, but but it just keeps getting more elaborate and like it's such a wonderful, wonderful stew. And I, I enjoy seeing it grow from year to year. That, yeah. And that's one of the conversations we had after Fringe Festival is seeing how much has changed just within Fringe. Like yeah. this year there was many immersive shows. Yeah. And there was VR aspects. There were escape room aspects to some of the shows. And knowing what was here for this year is getting me even so much more excited for what's going to happen next year. We'll we'll have to do like a, a fringe for next year's fringe. We'll have to do like either like a midway through. Because the nice thing is like press preview, and which you guys could probably get on for fringe. Like press preview happens like in the first like week or two, and then. Um, which, which can be unfortunate because, like, if I hadn't bought a ticket to go back to Apartment A, which was Annie Lesser's piece, uh, I wouldn't have seen, like, the the, the, the little detail changes that Kate made, uh, the, the actress she made as part of it, uh, which which were, were fantastic uh, because they were still finding it, finding the show during press previews. And that's such a hard thing for, for any kind of live experience, like, the press gets brought in really early on mm-hmm. and they maybe haven't found the show yet. Um, and and that's setting as it's the glory of live stuff. It's like it takes a while. And in immersive, you have no idea what the show is until the audience is there. You just don't because mm-hmm. the audience is an integral part. That's actually one of the rules of thumb I have when it comes to like, is a piece actually immersive or not, is if you were to run the show without anyone in but the technicians in the room, would you have the same show as if you were to run it with the audience? And if the answer is yes, congratulations, that show is not immersive. And I don't mean at the sort of spiritual level that a, a show with an audience takes on a different dimension because the actors put mm-hmm. that little extra something in and they get fed emotionally by the audience. Like, that is a, that is a real thing that happens. I'm not talking about that. I mean, can the show mechanically run in the way it's going to run. And immersive, the answer is always no. If you don't have an audience there, you have no freaking idea which way this thing is going to route. Because it's as much about moving people through or it's much about you know, you know, what choice they're going to make or how hard it is to maneuver someone into a position. right? So like, that's the critical thing. And there's plenty of people say like, oh, we do an immersive. And it's like, uh, no, because the show is the same whether there's we, uh, something or not. Uh, last year, Mike and I, uh, we will not name the show, yeah. but we went to a show that was promised to be immersive. And do you know what was immersive about it? The actors entered the scenes using the aisles among the audience members. <sighs> And, and I went like, oh, this is like, it, it was a musical, which is one of my favorite musicals. And, and I was so excited because Mike had never seen it. And, and literally like, it's an immersive version of this musical. I was like, well, that's interesting. And literally the only thing immersive about it was they entered through the aisles of the theater. We'll talk afterwards. I've got five guesses because I, <laughs> I was at least at two of those shows. Uh... <laughs> it was so disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's that's a that's a whole other line. I mean, I, we've it was a mislead. It was a mislead. To well, the and it's you know what? It's it's a danger. It's not. A, they were using the buzzword, and I I pity the people who use the buzzword because there's folks like us out there who could who could be told like, hey, the, your favorite show is back. 
great. And then it's like, your favorite show is back and it's immersive. Oh my God, that's fantastic. And then you go and instead of seeing your favorite show and settling down for your favorite show, you're settling down for an immersive version of your favorite show. And then you don't get that. And there's there's a theater company here in town that one of their first pieces here, they they used the, the I word and I went and it was really early on, early days of No Persinium, uh, like super early. We had like 30 subscribers or something like mm-hmm. that. And I was so thankful that there was an immersive show. And I was like super excited and I went to it. It wasn't immersive. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful show. But it wasn't immersive. And so I, you know, withdrew it from the newsletter because it didn't belong. And then when the next show came along and they were still using the, the buzzword, I was like, no, you're clearly not. And I skipped it. And it, it wasn't like I checked in with one of the performers because they, they were there was some crossover and they said oh yeah yeah it's not really immersive and I was like great but it got a lot of good buzz and, and it, apparently it's a really beautiful show and I was like oh I'm sad I missed this really beautiful show mm-hmm. because they mislabel it and I knew not to trust that mislabeling right um, and I wasn't going to give them another shot and so their next show I will go see because they make really beautiful work and and you don't need you don't need to call something immersive and, and not have it be immersive. And I know that word has a, a colloquial meaning, but those of us who go see Then She Fell, the Speakeasy Society, who do haunts, who do all this stuff, it's almost an ineffable quality. But we know what it is when we see it. And it's not just a matter of seeing. We're there, we're in the room, we're feeling it. It takes you to a place in a certain way. And when it's just treated as a, as marketing can't, it does a disservice and most terrifying of all, and I'm, I'm getting past this point because there's enough good work that I think it's easy to point to people. Mm-hmm. The most terrifying of all is when something comes along and says it's immersive, and if someone goes to see that and it's garbage, mm-hmm. right, or it's just not immersive, and then people walk out and be like, I don't understand what the big deal of all this stuff is, and you have to go like, I'm sorry that wasn't any good, or I'm sorry, that wasn't immersive, but you've lost that potential customer forever. And we're still at a fragile off stage. Um, maybe you, in a year we won't be, but... Yeah. You, you, you just touched on something which um, Mike and I at Midsummer Scream got asked the question, and, and actually it's like, um, Mike, like, how would you answer this question? What does immersive mean? Yeah, we get that a lot. Yeah, are you really asking me? Yeah, that I'm, question? I'm seriously. Oh, I'm yeah, asking you. Is, what is your What is your yeah. definition? It's I mean, loud. to me, it's something that you become a part of the show. You know, whether that means you are being fed lines and you're told to dance with someone like Johnny, or you're going through some somebody's room with that character and they're explaining to you where like this is my diary this is this is where i write down everything or this is where i hide when the when the stranger comes you know things like that but what your your example where that show said you know we're immersive and they came through the crowd like that's that's not immersive no it's not yeah i mean people that's just you're just using the bombs for entrances you know maybe it's theater in the round Right, which is that's exactly what it was. Yeah, and like, and that's the funny thing, and and I know, and the funny thing is, I know in London, there's plenty of theater in the round that's going on, and they're calling it immersive, and because it's like, <laughs> oh, it's three sixty, so it's theater in the round, or like, you know, there's like the the on, on Broadway, there's the Great Comet of eighteen twelve show, which you know, like it's it's being done in this environment, what was also called environmental staging, where there's like right. stuff kind of like all around you, so like the sight lines are all jumbled up, and like that's cool and that's different, 
for me, it always comes down to uh, the audience has some degree of agency. Not necessarily narrative agency, but some degree of agency. There's a relationship. The fourth wall is being played with. And they don't necessarily, you don't have to give them control. But, you know, you invite them to explore a room or you invite them, like you're saying, to like dance with a character. You know, like their presence is integral. And for me, really, and going back to what I was saying earlier, it's like, you know, if you wound up the show, like you wound up that musical and not a single soul, right, was in that musical, mm-hmm. right? Or like they had an audience of five people. That show would have gone off without a hitch, right? Mm-hmm. Probably would have been a bad performance because there weren't enough people there to make it good, mm-hmm. right? the performers, but it would have gone off without a hitch. If you take Johnny, or you take Sleep No More, or you take Then She Fell, and you crank that machine up and there's not a soul in there, that's like a sad dollhouse musical thing right. going on a track with no... It's it's the Zen question. It's the tree that falls in the forest with no one around to hear it. It can't make a sound because there's there's nothing. It doesn't work, you know? Alice is going to, like, you know, do a mirror dance against no one. Right. You know? Like... I love that sequence. Yeah. People, <laughs> other, other, other shows are people... Oh, oh, we're really getting a weird feedback thing. Okay. That was a strange moment. It's a ghost. I'm out of sequence is what it is. I'll no longer be monitoring. Um... Okay, well, the computer's being weird. It is a ghost. There was a weird feedback. Um, <laughs> who knows if that really appeared or not, or I just... Mike strange. is a very haunted individual. It's entirely possible. So we could do this for another hour and a half. It is getting warm in here, though. Maybe that's what the computer's telling me. So uh, is there anything else, like 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 a like a lightning round, anything else anyone should be looking for? We've, we've pretty much covered all the bases in terms of spooky season here. Going back to what Russell just said about the L.A. Haunted Hayride and yeah. how it has that fun, fair carnival type vibe the queen mary same kind of vibe and you get to go through mazes on a haunted truly haunted ship with real ghosts not make-believe ghosts people in makeup but real spirits are there fantastic that's and that that one even though like you know i'm saying earlier like oh that is i want to do that one so bad and also you know mike and i have concentrated on some of the smaller stuff and some of the more intimate stuff and the home haunts and the the smaller haunts that have come up in the last couple years but look if you want your mainstream halloween fix you always have not scary farm you have universal halloween horror nights yep and 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 I think we're a little less inclined to go there every year because they do sort of conga line you through the mazes. Right. And um, but you know this year Universal has some really interesting big brand name haunt stuff. You know yeah. Halloween, Texas Chainsaw, or whatever. And Knotts Knotts always has very 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 excellent mazes. So you know it's like you can also get your mainstream fix as well as like we encourage all of our friends like go outside of Los Angeles look for smaller more intimate things and you want to get your scare on that's where you'll find it that's where you will you will really really get energized and find unique creative moments and that's a perfect place to end this time gentlemen i'm sure i'll have you back at some point we've already i've already pitched that out there a couple times and hopefully the computer didn't break down and go weird and this is actually being recorded at this moment it looks like it is so i think we're okay (laughs) uh but russell mike Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. Once again, just want to thank 
our friends from My Haunt Life want to thank Mike Fontaine and Russell Eaton for being our guides to the spooktacular world of Los Angeles haunts and other strange things that go bump in the night during the autumnal season. Hey, if you want to find them, uh, check out uh, My Haunt Life, which is their website. You can find them on Twitter at My Haunt Life. They also produce the absolutely essential My Haunt Life calendar at myhauntlife.com slash los-angeles-haunt-calendar boom slash. There's no there's no boom in case boom for you is an exclamation part mark. I was, I was, I was just making an onomatopoeia. Um, it's essential if you want to uh, stay sane in the spooky season to dig through there. They've got everything they've got. They've got the big corporate haunts. They've got the little, little home haunts, everything in between anything and everything. If you're a, if you're a calendar grid type person, it's a fantastic, uh, tool and really, really nice pairs. Well, nicely with our, our newsletter. So there you go. Uh, it all works out well. They've got a podcast of their own. If, if you want to go further down the haunt rabbit hole, um, Check it out. It's you know if you, if you liked what you heard with from the guys today, hey, it's more of them. Uh, go get more of what you like. Simple as that. Um, us, more of us. Oh wow, you're masochistic. Uh, you can find us at No Persinium on Twitter. You can find me at Noah J Nelson on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash No Persinium. Uh, you can email us at No underscore proscenium at outlook.com be like Alyssa. tell us about shows tell us about shows that we're probably going to miss why because we can't see and know everything believe me i've tried it is a painful painful process um if you haven't signed up for the newsletter i don't know why you haven't no proscenium.com that's where to go and and the newsletter really sometimes people come and they 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 write to me and they ask hey can you give me like you know the the top five recommendations. I wish I had the time to do that for everybody. I'm like honestly, I do. Um, I I just I just don't. So the thing I would say is like check out the newsletter. The newsletter's wh- where we put it. Um, you can often tell what I'm excited about uh, if you learn how to read between the lines of it. Uh, I try and be as democratic and fair about all these things as possible. And the only things we really prune are things that say they're immersive when they're not. Um, I was about to say like, yeah, if someone said something was site specific and wasn't, you know, I might just let it slide. No, I wouldn't let it slide either. But like, yeah, we just, uh, we, we, you know, we have our definitions. Let's not be neurotic about it. Hey, if this work is important to you and, and there is, this is something I'm considering Speaking of like people asking for recommendations, you know, maybe, maybe I, I put that behind a paywall because um, that's, that's work. And uh, I'm thinking about uh, that as a possible add in to our Patreon, uh, like kind of a, a messaging service, you know, like a, what should I see this weekend? Um, so for our Patreon backers, th- that might be part of our restructuring, uh, which, which I swear is coming. I just keep on getting other things on the plate. But if you like this show, uh, and this is, this is something that next time I really need to get into. Um, we're really rapidly going to hit the cap on the newsletter soon. And that means I got to find an extra 20 bucks a month to uh, make the newsletter possible. I think it's 20 bucks a month. Um, these are small numbers. Like, oh, well, why don't you just give it to us? Um, yeah, no. 
the podcast started off by, with a ransom note, which was give me 20 bucks a month or we don't have the podcast. And you did. So here's another ransom note. I need another 20 bucks uh, or we're going to lose the newsletter because right now this is paying for the podcast. Uh, Patreon.com slash no proscenium. Um, we're, we're not rich. I, I'm not independently wealthy. If I do win the lotto, oh man, it, this is going to be a lot of fun because we'll be doing reports from Dubai and Shanghai and all kinds of places. And I will shut the Patreon down. I will. That's my pledge to you if I win the lotto. So you can also send me lotto tickets. Um, <laughs> but I'm not giving you my address because I'm not crazy. Uh, Medium.com slash no dash proscenium is where you find our essays, our reviews, all of that good stuff. Um, thank you for putting up with us. We hope this is useful to you. Uh, we enjoy speaking in the royal second person as much as possible. So, um, uh, yeah. Okay. That was an episode. That was a, that was a big episode. Uh, they keep getting bigger. They keep getting weirder. And we've got a bunch more stacked up ahead and a bunch of fun interviews. Uh, this is going to be a great fall. And I look forward to seeing you out there. And when I do... I'll see you at the show.